The following is a production of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of the iRacers Download, episode 10. And I am your host, Taylor Burris. Joining me, of course, is my partner in crime, Mr. Justin Prince. And, of course, our fabulous producer, Mr. Wayne Owens. And, Justin, we have probably a very special guest on the show tonight. Manager of Marketing and Communications for NASCAR, Mr. Matt Stallneck. And I got to say, learning about him and watching him not only compete in the Monday Night Racing, but hearing some of his stuff, it's going to be exciting to hear about what he does with the marketing and communications for NASCAR, but also the e-NASCAR side of things. Yeah, one of the components as well with his role with NASCAR, and very interesting to hear about that, especially I think it's going to be helpful for those wanting to get into the sport as well as to learn what's upcoming and what's going on with trying to help grow the brand that is eNASCAR and the whole sanctioning body as a whole. Well, let's go ahead and start our interview. Matt, welcome to the iRacers Download. How are you today? I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, let's start in the beginning. How did you get involved with motor racing and then work your way up to where you are the manager of marketing and communication for NASCAR? Well, I guess it uh, I guess it all depends on how far you want to go back. I could go back 10 years and talk about college and, and kind of some of the moves I, I kind of made to, to kind of position myself to break into the industry. You know, I'll say that, you know, this was always my end game um, was working in motorsports and um, working for NASCAR. But I, I would honestly go back even further. Um, so my dad, uh, he's uh, he's always kind of worked in, in the sales, the sales world and um, particularly, um, he's always kind of been in the consumer package goods world and, um, particularly he was his early part of his career. He, he worked for Kellogg cereal company and it, we're all NASCAR fans on here. So as you guys know, you know, I'm, I'm 28. I, I think you guys are all kind of mid twenties, uh, maybe, maybe older. So we all remember Terry Labonte's Kellogg's car <clears throat> growing up. So mm-hmm. when I was, was six or seven years old, I, um, would just, loved cars um and my dad happened to be you know kind of close to the sponsorship just through his job um and kind of through that i i developed a passion for for nascar and and not only nascar but at a young age you know i, I kind of had developed an interest in the business side of it um so that was always something that was on my radar as, as a kid growing up and it, it wasn't really until i got to college that i knew that it was something that i i may have wanted to do um, so the way that I kind of, it all kind of started for me to kind of go back to college was, you know, my first year, um, I, I knew that I was kind of interested in journalism. You know, I, I wrote, uh, for like my school newspaper in high school, you know, like any other kid that age, you know, I love sports and, uh, you know, I loved watching ESPN every day and, and like a lot of guys that age, you know, I, I dreamed of being like a sports center anchor or something like that. Um, so I ended up. Uh, you know, my major, you know, when I first started college was journalism. And um, I was like, you know what, this this could be a good path for me. And it, as a side note to that, um, around that time, as I was kind of making that decision, um, frontstretch.com, who you, who you guys might be all familiar with, you know, obviously a pretty big name in, in independent journalism and NASCAR, they were looking for somebody to just come on as a part-time writer. Um and just on a whim, I was like, you know what, I'd love to give that a shot. You know, if it, I didn't know if it would lead anywhere or if I would even get a look. Um, 
at even getting a shot at writing about, you know, NASCAR, you know, IndyCar, you know, whatever. And um, turns out they gave me a shot. So, you know, I was a college kid at this time. I was 18, 19 years old and journalism major. I got this gig with Front Stretch, getting to write about NASCAR. And then from there, um, it was really just about kind of building connections and then getting a better sense of what it really was that I wanted to do because not probably about a year into doing the journalism thing, I, I realized that it really wasn't writing about the sport that really turned me on, but it was it was really advocating for the sport and um, finding ways to help the sport grow and you know protecting the sport's reputation and, and all of that. So I ended up switching my major to public relations uh, halfway through college. Um, and I then went to grad school to kind of double down on the, on the PR and business communications uh, side of things. And I just really worked really hard to network. I still had the frontstretch.com gig. And I went to go work at a PR agency right out of uh, grad school. So I was like 23 at the time. So I was still doing all the NASCAR stuff part time on the side, more of just like as kind of a, a labor of love hoping that one day it would maybe lead to something. And I, and I worked at a, at a PR agency uh, in Orlando, Florida, um, knowing that at some point I wanted to kind of be in the business of sports, uh, particularly NASCAR. So I did that for about a year. And then the NASCAR opportunity um, kind of popped up after that. Um, and I just through some connections that I had kind of made just through whether it be cold messaging people on LinkedIn or Twitter or going to the racetrack just to kind of meet some folks and kind of giving them an idea of what it was that I wanted to do. Um, I had kind of enough connections built up that, you know, when the job posting came up um, to kind of work on NASCAR's communications team, um, I had some kind of some folks on the inside that were able to kind of help me get in and and were able to advocate for me and and say that I was, you know, a (laughs) semi-competent employee. And uh, it's all kind of been history from there. So that was my way too long explanation for uh how i got in so now that you are a part of the manage you are the manager of marketing communication what would be sort of the day-to-day activities that you have to make sure you complete you know leading up during the nascar season as well as during the off season per se sure so <clears throat> i'm a, a part of a team so like there, there's a few other managers on the team that kind of like manage different aspects of of NASCAR's business, whether that be on the competition side or, you know, maybe like industry relations, you know, dealing with the drivers and teams. My role is specifically focused um, on kind of the internal business units of NASCAR. So I uh, oversee like five or six different, um, you know, the communications function for about five or six different business units of NASCAR. So that includes digital media. So basically NASCAR's digital platform, uh, entertainment marketing. So like anything that comes out of our Los Angeles office, which, you know, basically, uh, any, any of our activities with either Hollywood or the music industry. So I, I kind of deal with all their stuff. Um, obviously eNASCAR and eSports. That's, that's, uh, one thing that I work on with a couple other folks that are, that are really talented, um, that we can kind of get into, uh, gambling is another big one. So like any, anything that we do in the legalized sports betting space, um, as well as brand marketing. So basically just like all of like our marketing activities and base, my job is to a formulate relationships with the media, um, that cover, you know, those parts of our business, um, and make sure that, you know, we're communicating news to them. If they have questions about anything going on in any of those buckets of the company, I'm kind of their point of contact for that. Um, and then beyond that, it's, it's really just finding ways to kind of tell the story of NASCAR, 
you know, to as many people who will listen. So uh, I'm, I'm part of a team that, you know, we, we call it enterprise storytelling. And, and our goal is to tell all of the good stories and all of the positive things that are happening in the NASCAR world um, and making sure that, you know, all kinds of different media and, and, and audiences are aware of that. So my, I would say most of my day is, is spent either um, talking to folks internally about things going on in the company and making sure that I have a rock solid knowledge of our business top to bottom. Um, and then really the other part of the day is then making sure that I have good relationships built with, with media of, of all different kinds, whether that be media that cover NASCAR frequently or people that, you know, don't cover NASCAR at all that we want to cover NASCAR. So that's, that's really my day is it's, it's a lot of relationship building, tons and tons of pitching, pitching stories, um, you know, working to get drivers, um, different places. So like, you know, maybe like a podcast, uh, you know get them interviews, things like that. Um, and then with something like an eNASCAR, um, it's, it's, it's really just kind of about managing the reputation of, of that part of our business and making sure that um, all of the cool things that we're doing in that world get noticed. Well, let's talk about the eNASCAR purpose or the side of things. You know, you've been involved with it for quite <clears throat> some time and in fact, actually are an avid sim racer yourself. So what made you want to be a part of that eNASCAR brand as well as, you know, getting diving into it headfirst with competing on the iRacing service? <clears throat> yeah, so I've I've been an avid believer in sim racing for a really long time. Um, I've been on the iRacing service since early 2012 long before I ever knew that I'd be working in NASCAR or, you know, that this would could potentially be a career for me. Um, I, I would even go back to like when I first started playing video games online. So that's probably like PS3, 2007, that era. Um, I was the guy that was, you know, scouring internet forums, looking for people to join a league that I had created at that age. So I was always a believer in the notion that, you know, there was going to be interest um, you know, in the, in the mainstream world and, in you know, simulated stock car racing, it's just something I just have always loved. And, you know, as a kid growing up, I didn't have the opportunity. And um, this is a story that I think many of us can relate to, you know, um, you know, we didn't grow up, I didn't grow up in like a racing family. I didn't have a whole lot of ways to get to a racetrack. I mean, obviously my dad's involvement in the sponsorship with Kellogg's was big, but he wasn't like a, a racing fan or like a racing guy. <clears throat> so they, my parents didn't really have any way of, you know, putting me in a race car, or, you know, giving me any sort of way to, you know, race myself. So the, the way that I kind of got close to the sport other than watching it on TV was playing video, the, you know, the video games, um, you know, in, at a young age, that was NASCAR thunder or NASCAR heat. Um, and then as I got older and that became iRacing, so it was it was just something that has been really, really important to me for a really long time. And frankly, it was the way that I was able to kind of feel close to the sport growing up. So, you know, fast forward, you know, to the present day, um, it, it was just something that I raised my hand for um, when opportunities sort of arose internally. And, you know, I, I was I kind of arrived at NASCAR just as the NASCAR brand was um, kind of starting to rise and, and right is the, the genesis of kind of the esports movement was kind of starting to become uh, big. So that's around 2017 when I started um, and I put my hand up and I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about this. You know, I know this world really well. And, you know, I'm, I'm a believer long term in what this could do for the sport. 
Um, I think there's a lot of kids out there like myself that maybe they don't have either the money or the the connections or, or whatever you would need to get into a race car. And, you know, I racing is, in my opinion, the, the next best way to, to, to do it and build skills and get close to it. And heck, you know, we've got plenty of examples, whether it be William Byron or Raja Caruth or, you know, talented sim racers who have converted their skills into the real world and have, and have helped gotten noticed. And now, you know, there's such a, a cottage industry around sim racing. Um, you know, you've got guys, you know, at the, at the highest levels of, of the Coca-Cola iRacing series, your Ray Alfalas and, um, you know, Jimmy Mullis and some of those guys, you know, they're, they're building a career for themselves without even needing the real thing. So that, that's just something that really makes me excited. And, you know, it feels like the culmination of, of a 20 year vision that I've always kind of, I guess, had. Um, so I, it's, it's always something that I'm going to want to be a part of for that reason. You mentioned, of course, raising your hand up back in 20, about 2017 with the eNASCAR brand. What has it been like trying to grow that brand? Because it's seen a lot of growth, obviously, the past few years, especially with series like the Ignite series, with the rise of the eNASCAR Coco iRacing series to new heights. And, of course, with the real-world drivers getting involved, what has that been like trying to grow that brand from – your time jumping on to what it is now and seeing it be such a big part of the NASCAR landscape? No, it's, it's a good question. And I would, I would start by saying first, you know, you, you got to start with the guys that, that are on the day to day. So, you know, we have actually a team dedicated at NASCAR in our NASCAR team that their, their entire day is devoted to, to growing it. And so that's Nick Rend, who's, who's the managing director over there. And we have two senior managers, um, Ray Smith and Brandon Williams, who are mega talented folks, and they are doing amazing, amazing things uh, for for our eNASCAR brand. Um, and a couple of those guys have, have kind of been on the business recently. Um, Nick has kind of been on and off the business um, since then, and he's kind of shepherding it now. Um, but in, in my time since I've been there and getting a chance to work with those guys directly, I think the biggest thing that stands out to me is just seeing how that side of the business to gain credibility, you know, because when I started, um, there really wasn't a full e-NASCAR e-sports discipline within the company. Um, when I first started, you know, it was anything that we were kind of doing in the e-sports space was really just an outgrowth of our, of our licensing group. Um, so at that time, you know, we obviously, you know, had a, a fairly robust, you know, licensing, um, you know, department that, and we still do to this day, but at that time, you know, they really handled a lot of the video game and sim, sim racing oriented, uh, work. Um, and as the esports world has kind of evolved and particularly NASCAR space in the esports world has evolved, um, you know, our leadership in the company saw to it that, you know, we really needed to kind of build out a dedicated team, um, for that work. And so I've, I've kind of, been at nascar just as that was starting and i've seen how um the credibility and the respect and uh, it's all deserved i it's been cool to see how that's all laddered up um to where it is now um because when i started esports was not something that many people in the company were really all that familiar with and for good reason because um it, it wasn't what it was then that it is now um, and seeing the rapid rise of the sport, and, and frankly, I think you got to look at last year and, and the pandemic and, and everything that kind of happened 
um, that, that put simulated stock car racing in the spotlight, that was really the inflection point. But the, the momentum was happening before then. Um, and it's, again, I, 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 you know, it's, I look to the people internally that have really championed it. And that's folks like Nick and Brandon and, and Ray and, and Tim Clark, um, who saw an opportunity um, to really do something special in that space. And, um, and they've run with it since then. So I think that's really the biggest thing that stands out to me is when I started, you know, not something that many people in the company are familiar with. And now it's something that you have to be familiar with. It's something that everybody in the company is thinking about, talking about, strategizing around on a day-to-day basis. And um, I don't know if there is another sport where esports is as integral to our DNA as an organization as you will find in NASCAR. Coming up, more with our guest of the week, Matt Stolnick. You're in the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Justin Prince and Taylor Burris with Wayne Owens as your producer as we're speaking with Matt Stolnick about eNASCAR. And when it comes to eNASCAR, we talked a bit about its growth. One of the interesting things, too, and especially with what happened in 2020 with the pandemic has been the rise of drivers from the real world, some of the young drivers coming into sim racing and joining those ranks, whether it be Elliot Sauer with his own organization, whether it be Carson Hosevar, it's been interesting how that's come apart. What's kind of your take on all these drivers coming in from the real world who compete in the many different NASCAR sanctioning sanctioned events and are now trying to also qualify for the NASCAR side. I think it's smart. I think it's absolutely the right place to be right now. Um, I think the drivers that are taking the time to a learn the space, b invest in the space. Um, they're going to be setting themselves up for success long-term because this is not something that's, that's going away. Um, esports is, is here to stay. And I think, you know, everything that happened with the pandemic last year really solidified that and, probably move the timeline up three to five years really from where things were headed. So if I'm a young race car driver right now, that is where a lot of our young eyeballs that are coming up, you know, we've got, you know, plenty of young fans that are growing up and, you know, they're either on NASCAR heat or they're on iRacing and, you know, they speak the language of esports because it's not just, um, you know, the, the Coke series or, um, you know, or, or i racing or whatever what have you that's that's not the only thing that the kids coming up are paying attention to you know they're they're playing rocket league you know who who by the way you know e-nascar and, and the nascar brand just struck up a partnership with them more details coming down the pipe on that um but they're they're watching things like rocket league they're watching league of legends like they're watching all these other esports platforms so you know if you're a young savvy you know persona in in nascar cup racing or whatever it's the correct place to be. Um, there's ample growth. Um, there's not a whole lot of overhead, you know, for someone getting involved. Um, you know, you don't have to, you know, buy, you know, millions of dollars worth of equipment. Like, you know, you might, if you want to start up like a truck team or something like that. Um, it's a pretty low cost investment and all the brands want to be there right now. So it's a great way to show that you're savvy. So I, I applaud, um, all of, you know, the, you know, the drivers at, at all different levels of our sport who have, you know, wanted to give back and, and, uh, and, and invest in this community. And the interesting thing with that too, I've noticed as well is 
The last time, keep in mind, a driver competing in the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola Racing Series while also competing in the real-world competition was, I believe it was Timmy Hill, who last competed yep. in a few years ago. Who, or rather, when do you feel in terms of that timeline, do you think we may see someone who races in the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series or in the NASCAR Xfinity Series or or rather the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series or the NASCAR Xfinity Series or the NASCAR Cup Series to make their way into eNASCAR competition at the same time at the top level? Well, I think, first of all, I, I think you what you may see is you may see a guy who, you know, ran all the way up through the, the Coke Series and, and then got an opportunity in the truck. That could really mm -hmm. be the next thing we see. So I think the flip could even be something that happens before then. But to answer your question... You know, it's, it's hard to say because on one hand, I think what you're absolutely going to continue seeing is that as the level of competition rises um, on the road to pro and the road to pro ranks and as the level of competition certainly rises uh, at the Coke series level, it's going to take more and more investment um, time wise and resource wise and, you know, ability, frankly, wise on the drivers that are coming up that. You know, it, it would be kind of hard, honestly, for, you know, a truck series guy or an Xfinity series guy to kind of juggle both of those things. You know, we're already kind of seeing that, you know, you talk to someone like Keegan Leahy, who, you know, I, I mean, you guys know it. He's he's putting, you know, hours and hours and hours and hours in on the sim, which I, I, I love it. I, I think it's amazing that we have drivers that are that invested in it. Um, that being said, I, I, I certainly think, though, on the opposite side of it, as the next generation of drivers comes up, these are drivers that will have grown up with iRacing. These are drivers that iRacing will be something that um, was just always, you know, part of their life and, and part of their racing career. I mean, look, I mean, Keelan Harvick last night <laughs> uh, on the Fox broadcast for uh, the eNASCAR Pro Invitational Series race, he was racing on there at eight years old. So, and I know Keelan has, has an interest in, in racing, so we'll see where his career takes him. But kids that are Keelan's age... You know, iRacing is 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 second nature um, to some of the teen teenagers and, and young kids that are coming up. So to that end, I think it's very likely that, you know, you might you might get a, somebody that, that does both um, on the way up just in order to stay fresh. Um, and frankly, there's brand opportunities there. Um, you know, I look at somebody like Anthony Alfredo and, and he, you know, he didn't he has never run um, in the Coke series and he doesn't have like an official team or anything yet, but I look at, you know, just through streaming, what he's kind of been able to kind of accomplish with his own brand building. And I think a lot of people, you know, when Alfredo hit the cup series level this year, a lot of fans really knew him because of his, um, his interest in esports and, you know, whether that be Monday night racing events or, or his ERL league that he's run, he's built up, you know, quite a brand for himself through esports totally complimentary to his driving on the racetrack and in my opinion that is a hundred percent how drivers coming up are really going to find ways to to bring new partners in and and, and really separate themselves um you know if, if i'm a an 18 19 year old trucker xfinity series driver and I'm, and I'm looking for someone to come sponsor my real life race car what better way to get a partner invested than by saying hey you know i've, I've got a really active stream um, you know, why don't you come in and, and, and get a, and get a taste for my brand and, um, get a taste for, for working with me through this sphere. And then maybe we can talk about growing that, 
um, into something with, you know, the real life racing. So it's, it's lead generation for these guys too. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, I think we're just starting to get guys that are really starting to think about that and be savvy about it. And I'm so excited to kind of see where our drivers take that because I think it's completely fertile ground. And frankly, I, I'd even like to see our drivers go beyond iRacing. I'd love to see them get on, on Rocket League and um, build really robust platforms for themselves on Twitch and, and, and play some of these other games and engage some of these other communities because that's going to help get those communities uh, interested in NASCAR. Now, when it comes to the Invitational Series, too, course in its second season now, and let's talk a bit about that because – how has that been so far from NASCAR side of things, especially the NASCAR side for its second year? Because it, because last year, of course, had a lot of eyeballs across television with everything going on in 2020. This year, having a lot of fun flavors, including, as mentioned, Keelan Harvick taking part. Your thoughts on your perspective on the promotation in 2021, especially with some of the nominations for awards that have come in from the 2020 perspective season. Yeah, you know, it's it's been amazing and it's been a privilege to get a chance to to be here, you know, at NASCAR, be behind these walls and, and, and work with guys like Nick and Brandon and and Ray. And, and last year we had Scott Warfield, you know, work on that program and see what they've kind of been able to do with it. So, A, it's, it's just been amazing to just kind of be a small part of it on the promotional side of it, because that's kind of where I slot in. Um, but I think this year I, I'm really really encouraged by the niche that the pro invitational series has kind of carved out you know we're, we're in the era of you know no practice and no qualifying you know due to some of the realities of the pandemic and in light of that you know the e-nascar series has proven to be this really great way for us to give our partners at fox you know you know some really compelling content to, to show during the week so that alone um makes it you know a really compelling uh, program, but beyond that, it's it's show, showcasing you know the power of our esports platform to a huge audience of people, um, you know on on broadcast television. So I, I would say it's been a, it's been an awesome success, and I think this has been a really good litmus test this year that kind of proves that you know outside of a pandemic when we don't have real life racing, you know esports content can really stand up on its own, um, and it does have a place. Um, you know, is part of our broader programming mix in the sport. And it's just going to continue to put even more attention on some of our, our more core esports platforms, you know, whether that be the Coke series, you know, something like the Ignite series, um, you know, someone that's flipping around at night on a Wednesday night and they, and they stumble upon, you know, simulated NASCAR, you know, it's going to really stir a lot of interest in, in what we're doing at the grassroots level with those series. So I think it's been a great success. Um, I'm stoked to kind of see where it continues to go. And, you know, I, I've been really encouraged by, you know, how Fox has kind of been able to to do some unique things with it. And um, they've had a lot of fun with those broadcasts. And it's an opportunity, too, for our drivers to show their personalities. Um, you know, it's it's not meant to be <laughs> an overly serious environment. You know, these, these you know, there's not like tons and tons of prize money on the line or anything like that. So, you know, our drivers are able to kind of go in there and, and have some fun and, um give their sponsors value at a time when Sorry. they wouldn't have otherwise been able to. Sorry, my iWatch just flipped on for no reason. Um, but yeah, I, I would say been a big success. Well, with that, with all the success that we've seen over the past 
pretty much year since <coughs> with COVID in 2020 all the way to now. What can you expect as the future for the eNASCAR brand and how it can continue to grow? Like you touched on it a little bit briefly about it, but what would you like to see happen for this brand? Well, I think, you know, and one for one thing, you know, esports, I think, is the starting point. And I think when you look at what we can potentially do with brands like Rocket League, which, you know, obviously that announcement happened, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think you're going to see the eNASCAR brand become, uh, you know, an even bigger uh, brand in gaming. Um, more to come on that. But the point being, I think that whether it's esports or whether it's, you know, our, our licensed partnerships with, with, you know, motorsport games or, um, you know, Rocket League, I think you're going to see the eNASCAR brand become something even bigger than esports. So that's that's one thing I want to see. And on the esports side of it, you know, I, I think my hope and, and, and my expectation, frankly, is I think you will see eNASCAR become something that young drivers can really glob onto as, a, as an entry point into the sport. Um, you know, we've got folks, you know, at, at multiple levels and in, in, in multiple groups in our company that are thinking about, you know, how can we continue to integrate, you know, esports as, as part of the grassroots um, of our sport, and, and how can we use this as a way to a get young people interested in, in our in our sport, and b how can we use you know esports to help you know young talent in this that are interested in, in NASCAR racing and stock car racing develop skills. You know, I I'm you know I'm. I've gotten to know Raja Karuth, you know, over the past year or two. And his story is one that I'm really a encouraged by, you know, you guys probably saw, you know, he won a couple late model races, uh, last week. And, you know, that's somebody that had no real world racing experience. You know, he was, he was kind of put on the map because of a, he's got a great personality, but B he's had a lot of success on the iRacing platform. And, uh, you know, that's to me, that is the future that excites me the most because, you know, I understand that, you know, there are some startup costs involved with getting on iRacing, but, you know, it's significantly cheaper to get someone into sim racing. Um, and the barrier to entry is so much lower compared to, you know, a lot of our other, you know, ways of getting involved in the sport at a young age. And if we can continue to build this platform so that and, and really carve out a clear ladder um, from the eNASCAR ranks into the real world and figure out what the right kind of way of managing that transition is. And I think, you know, folks like Raja are, are going to be kind of the pioneers of that. Man, I mean, the sky's the limit for us uh, as a sport. Well, as we come to a close for this interview, Matt, where can people go to learn more about the eNASCAR brand as, follow, as well as even follow what, what you do as far as when you're competing in sim racing since you are a competitor in the Monday Night Racing <laughs> well, I would say definitely start starting point, go to enascar.com. You know, that is kind of where all of the content for all of our enascar series lives. That includes, you know, the enascar Coca-Cola iRacing series, the enascar Heat Pro League, um, the enascar Ignite series, uh, and any other future leagues that we have. So there's a lot of great resources right on that website that fans can go check out, uh, learn more, learn about our drivers, learn about the races that we have coming up from there. Um, and then beyond that, I, I would encourage, you know, if anyone that's interested, go check out, you know, iRacing.com, you know, go buy NASCAR Heat 5, like go, you know, go take, you know, take your first, uh, dip your toes in the water and, and, and come join us. Um, you know, I, uh, I promote this stuff because I love it. 
Um, I, I'm an active eye racer. Um, I, I get on there every night and, and there's a reason for it. It's an, it's an amazing platform and, um, I'm thrilled and excited to see where, uh, where it can go for our sport in the future. With that, we would like to say thank you, Matt, for that and the wonderful interview. We look forward to talking to you in the future. But coming up, news of the week and events also coming up as well. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download. We just got done with a great interview with none other than Matt Stolneck. From NASCAR Digital Media, a great interview and a, a lot of interesting things that he was able to share with us here tonight, Justin. Absolutely. It's been interesting to hear what's been going on with the NASCAR as well as NASCAR in general with a lot of the work that they do. But there's a lot of that's going on in the world of NASCAR, in the world of iRacing, though, in these over the past few days. It certainly is. And it all started on Wednesday night for... The second race of the 2021 season of the eNASCAR Pro Invitational. They took the NASCAR Cup Series cars to Talladega Super Speedway, the virtual one. And I gotta say, this is probably the first time that we can say that someone under the age of 10 years old competed in a NASCAR race. Yeah, Keelan Harvick, that was a surprise to see him end up getting one of those spots, and he actually did fairly solid when he kept his car clean. He was decent in terms of line management, was decent in terms of being able to manage the speed and the pace when drivers were lining up at the bottom of the racetrack. He just ended up getting caught up in some of the mess and chaos that started to ensue essentially in the heart of the pack. It, it was an interesting race, though, where James Davison was the dominant driver, started up on the pole, and led all but one lap tailor. It certainly was. Of course, the winner of that race goes to someone who knows a thing or two about getting around Talladega in style. Brad Keselowski took home the checkered flag. The rest of your top ten goes as follows with Christopher Bell, Kyle Busch, Timmy Hill, Alex Bowman, and Daytona 500 winners Michael McDowell, Dale Earnhardt Jr. We mentioned James Davison in eighth, Cole Custer, and Austin Dillon rounding out your top 10. So it's interesting to see how these drivers were able to get on here to on Wednesday night to see how the cars were. And from the looks of it, a lot of single file racing due to the fact of the new super speedway draft package for the cup cars. Yeah, that's one of the main talking points throughout the iRacing service right now is how that package has been faring as well in official racing because it can be difficult to gather up the momentum of the second line unless you really know how to work together as a group and know how to side route. In turn, I think that showed a little bit where drivers were content on being patient and trying to ride in some parts of the field, while in others, you've seen some trouble for drivers trying to form up that second line and it led to some of the big crashes and some of the big ones throughout the event as a result. So it was an interesting finish, though, to that race because... That second line essentially helped control the momentum of that restart, similar to what you see in real life. And you have to wonder if Davidson was able to keep that car a bit more straighter and as well keep that bottom line for Brad Keselowski if he would have led every single lap. It certainly would have been something interesting to see if James Davison would be able to do that. But don't worry, for those of you who are a fan of Monday Night Racing, James Davison will get his shot again as when we kick off the Season 3 of Monday Night Racing, they will be actually heading to Daytona. So he'll get his shot again in the cup car at a super speedway in a couple of weeks' time. But 
Also in iRacing news today, there was a announce of a new special event that will be happening on July 31st, Justin. And this is the first time that iRacing's partnered with a charity organization. It's going to be the Charlotte Motor Speedway 4-Hour Endurance Race. And it's going to be partnering with the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. And this is pretty interesting to see that we're getting this type of special events and partnered with a charity. Yeah, it's very interesting the way this is going to play out for this event because essentially it'll feature many different road cars like the MX-5 or as well the Audi RS3 LMS. You also have the Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 mixed in along with the BMW M4 GT4 and the McLaren 570S GT4 to provide some great action. But here's the interesting kicker. This is going to feature two faster pairs in this event, which is a rarity, mind you, for a special event like this because they want people to be able to raise money, to be able to donate to charity, to be able to get their lap counts as high as possible, while also giving a number of prizes available to the donors who contribute to the 20,000 fundraiser goal that's available for the race. It's definitely a charity-focused event that a lot of people are already attaching themselves to and are looking forward to because this is allowing drivers to be able to donate to a great cause while having a bit of fun while doing so. It certainly is, and this one kind of also hits home to me. My father has multiple sclerosis, so it's kind of really cool to see them stepping up and partnering with such a great charity organization. But also, think about some of the prizes that some of these people might have the chance of winning. It's going to be either the chance of an all-new RaceX Pro Chassis from SimLabs, as well as a Fanatec Club Sport wheelbase version 2.5, along with the podium steering wheel R300, and... That's some very good information, and of course, a lot of people are going to be headlining and being some celebrity guests during this broadcast, including seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, Chad Knauss. That stood out to me when I seen that as well, Taylor, as well, to see a multiple champion Rucci for NASCAR take part in this event. To be able to see him take part is going to be interesting and how this fares out. It makes me interested who is also going to appear as some of the special guests throughout this. But overall, you can tell iRacing's put a lot of thought into this and has put a lot of effort to make sure this event's going to be a success. I can't wait until July 31st. Yes, indeed. And of course, you can catch all the action on twitch.tv forward slash iRacing on Saturday, July 31st. We're still waiting on the exact time for this race, but I know iRacing will keep us up to date when that is to come. But... We also got a couple of other things to talk about, Justin. We have a couple of professional world championship races coming up here in the next week leading up to our next episode. Starting off with, of course, none other than the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series heading to the Midwest to Kansas Speedway. That's going to be the next track on April 27th. Drivers are looking forward to seeing what they can accomplish here as we are pretty much looking at the schedule just about near the halfway point of the season. It's been an interesting season so far, to say the very least, because you've had multiple different winners so far with multiple different contenders per race, where it's not been the same groups of drivers that have been up at the front, mind you. You have drivers specialized in some of the flat tracks, some of the drivers specialized in the two-mile tracks, some of them specialized in the mile-and-a-half tracks, some of them specialized at Daytona. They've all been scattered about about throughout the season. It's been making things very interesting to see who's been the most consistent. But the interesting thing is going to be with Kansas, how the drivers adapt 
to the track itself because it's one of those tracks that has been adjusted by iRacing in recent weeks, several times over, in fact. That includes the multiple different groups, especially the top line and the bottom line, Taylor, to make things very intriguing. It's going to be important for those drivers to know how to adapt to the various lines, be able to run on the top line, I think, at Kansas, but also be able to have a car, if it's good enough, to utilize the bottom if you need to, Taylor. Certainly is, and of course, you can catch the action on Tuesday, April 27th on iRacing's, all of iRacing's streaming platforms at 8.30 with the pre-race show, with the race kicking off at 9 p.m. Eastern. But before then, we are going to be crowning a champion. We kind of already know who the champion is going to be after a dominant season for Joshua Rogers, but the Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup by iRacing will be coming to a close this Saturday, April 24th, and at none other than Autodromo Nacional Monza, and it's going to be an exciting race. The high speeds of Monza is something to look forward to. It always provides some great racing, especially with the trouble that can ensue in turn one where you have to be able to adjust for anything, but as well, the several different slipstream sections of the racetrack. It's going to provide an interesting event, and it's going to be the interesting note for me, Taylor, of which drivers make sure they're inside the top 20 in points, but as well, which drivers really stand out to close off the season strong because some of the organizations have really been able to turn around some of their performances from the first half of the season as of late, like some of the drivers from Williams Esports and whatnot. It's been interesting to see some of that progression. I'm curious to see if that continues. It certainly is, and I'm looking right now at the points regarding that, and there's a couple of positions that could be swept up also. You have a little bit of a battle for second in the point standings between Mitchell DeJong and Sebastian Job, and then also four, fifth, and sixth are in a tight battle for positions between Kevin Ellis Jr., Dane Warren, and Charlie Collins, but I think everyone is going to be looking at that bubble spot and for 20th position. Currently, that's held by Marino Soraka, but David Williams, Salva Talens, and Daniel LaFuentes are drivers to keep an eye on to see if they have anything to make sure that they come back for the next season. And it's Soraka who is one of the drivers who have really stood out to me in recent weeks because when he's got track position, he's shown he's been quick as well. To be able to dice it up with some of the drivers, it's just in the past couple races, the luck hasn't fully been there in my opinion, but the speed's definitely been there. LaFuente has also showed some great speed as well. So I'm curious to see if that continues for the closing race of the season. And of course, you can catch all the action on Saturday, April 24th on all of iRacing's streaming platforms. Of course, it's going to kick off first for the Porsche Tag Heuer All-Star Series, which will have a great battle going on there. And then, of course, finally, the race will kick off at 2 p.m. And with that, Justin... It's time that we come to a close. It's hard to believe that we have done 10 episodes so far, and in already what is probably going to be, I, I hate to say that, or I hate to take this away from Fox and everything, but this is probably going to be the best season of iRacing for so far. With all the championships going on this season, we will have a great show for next week. Of course, we will have the winner at Kansas Speedway next week. And possibly some other special guests coming up here in the next couple of weeks. So, so keep in mind, make sure also, Justin, that they follow us on Facebook as we have now opened up our Facebook page for you. So make sure to follow us on the iRacers download on Facebook. And definitely follow that for sure to be able to keep up with the latest episodes. It's been a great season so far. It's 
going to get even better as time goes on as more and more events continue to progress, Taylor. It certainly is. Well, with that, it is time we come to a close. For Matt Stalneck from NASCAR, eNASCAR, for our producer, Wayne Owens, and my partner in crime, Justin Prince. Thank you so much for watching this week's episode of the iRacers Download on NASCAR Digital Media and the Speed Sport Podcast Network.